Vente Presidente? Howard Schultz, the Starbucks CEO, may run for president. What does his potential run as an independent tell us about the current state of the Democratic Party? Welcome to the Fury Theory Podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. I'm joined by my two colleagues, John Easton, the E, Adam Belmar, the B. I'm not much of a Starbucks drinker, Adam. Um, I like my coffee to taste better. We've had some conversations about that. But you have to admire admire how Howard Schultz has built an empire based on one store from Seattle, Washington. Uh, John Easton, you're from Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. same part of the country. It's amazing how he's built this kind of behemoth store empire. Um, But now this guy who went from rags to riches is possibly throwing his hat in the ring as an independent candidate, John, the, the left is completely furious. They mm-hmm. think that his run is going to give the presidency back to Donald Trump. Is that right? Do you think that's how it's going to work out? Uh, they have a point, and they are furious for a, a really good reason. I think that um, you know he is a guy that – he's a lifelong Democrat, so it's really one of their own breaking out of the nest and saying, y'all are crazy. And, and part of that is he thinks that, say, Medicare for all, it's just too expensive. Or this talk of a guaranteed job, how are we going to pay for that? I mean, he is sort of a, a truth teller. And there hasn't been a lot of room for truth tellers on the right or the left. And so this is sort of the left's truth teller. I mean, he's all for you. Look at his, his company and, and his activity within his company, the policies that he set. He's all about social justice, and he was very progressive within his within his company on gay rights, on health care for part-time workers. And uh, so he does have some credibility on the left. But uh, I think he the way he articulates it is, I'm a centrist independent, uh, extremes on both sides, and he's calling out the left quite vociferously. And I think that is making them as mad as anything. But it is a threat to the presidency for uh, Democrats, for sure. So, Adam, um, thinking about the threat he uh, lodges at the Democrats, because he is calling them all nuts, you looked at the 60 Minutes piece that kind of introduced him. How did you think his rollout was? Well, first of all, anytime you're getting uh, a second bite at the 60 Minutes apple, which this represented, he's got a new book, he's been with Pelly before, we've told this story, this is a fantastic media rollout for anybody who's seeking uh, national office and just take a look at uh, the relationship that Barack Obama had with 60 Minutes Um, you know overall I felt like it was very eye opening to retell that story to hear the the things about his youth um, some of the elements of the animus in his family um, and his basic political philosophy. One of the things I thought was very interesting about the 60 Minutes rollout was what was also on the 60 Minutes episode. There was a story about a couple from Michigan who'd figured out the math on the lottery and they had won millions of dollars. Well, you know, it turns out Howard Schultz is saying he's done the math too. And it was a theme running throughout that episode. He says 40% of people in America are independents and this moving away from the Democratic Party is all about doing the math, and he thinks he's got a path to victory. So, John Easton, thinking about this, uh, he has obviously made a case that he can't win as a Democrat because the Democratic Party has gone so far to the left. This guy is a, a very wealthy, 
a rich white guy. You who, just call him a man of means. That's yeah, what I'm sorry. Yeah, well, he's a man of means. I, we don't. We don't. Is that use, what he wants? That's, that's what, what he Schultz wants. wants. We, we don't call use billionaires people of means. That's right. Please. We don't. We, we won't use the B word because billionaire is not a good word anymore. Uh, but that being said, he's already made the case that uh, he's also a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Can a white, rich capitalist win in the Democratic primary? In 2020, wow. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Just like a moderate governor or moderate senator can probably not win the Republican primary anytime soon. Uh, it's just not uh, in vogue uh, on on either side. But you know, he he is a pretty likable guy. Although I, I when watching the 60 Minutes episode, I. I he came off as a as a little stiff, not too natural. They were in Pike's Place throwing fish, and and I, th- I thought, you know, it, like Scott Pelley served it up a couple times to him, and it seemed like he he just sort of bunted instead of really took a swing. He's no better O'Rourke. No, he's not. He's just not at at home with this. But look, he he's got a he's got a good political team. Uh, he's hired Bill Burton. He's hired Greg Strempel and Brooks Kochvar. Uh, I know those guys well. They're, they're just real pros. And so he's really thought this through pretty carefully. And I think the difference between a fly-by-night independent candidate here and, and perhaps Howard Schultz is that I think to get on the ballot in every state is an enormous undertaking. Yes, and that was a big part and, of this. And I think that he can do it. For example, in 2016, it, it took 90,000 signatures in North Carolina to get on, on the ballot. Every state's different. And every state is difficult for the most part. But his team is telling him that. And he's got the money to go into not just every state, but into districts and precincts. And and these guys have a path. I'm sure they've thought through how it's going to work. And I'm sure Howard Schultz is the kind of CEO who's going to say, all right, show me the path. Show me this is realistic or I'm not doing it. So, you know, there's there's just a lot of really interesting angles on the Howard Schultz candidacy. I tell you, if you are a political consultant, there's nothing that makes you happier than seeing a billionaire who's willing to spend a lot of money getting famous in the political business. I mean, I, I, I know people, consultants, who they, they go around to cocktail parties just trying to find a billionaire to take money from. Um, Adam Belmar, there's another billionaire thinking about running, and that's uh, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, out of Howard Schultz and Michael Bloomberg, which one do you think is most likely to be president? That's a tough question. Can I take option C, neither? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, uh, I think Mr. Bloomberg has a history in politics. He's more well-known. He is building on a name recognition that is not based solely on a brand that isn't his own name. I mean, he Starbucks is not Schultz, but Bloomberg is Bloomberg, and people know it across the board. And he has more, I think, credibility with his own people than Schultz does. And Schultz is not really trying to tap into that credibility right now as he's eschewing the extremities of the left and their politics at the moment. And he's been a little bit more, he says centrist, but it's, it's almost Republican-esque, the way that he is talking about no on... Uh, Medicare for all and no on, you know, free college education and all of these things that seem to be at the heart of the left. I'll go with Bloomberg if I had to pick one of the two of them, but I'm not even sure that that is what will outdo Trump in 2020. And John Easton talking about Michael Bloomberg, he said he's done the math. He's looked at all these numbers and he, he can't win as an independent, so he's going to run as a Democrat. Perhaps. Well, I mean, I think if, you, if you're speaking for Michael Bloomberg, he can't win. Period, because I just think he's burned so many bridges, and and he's he's also attached to certain issues 
that Howard Schultz hasn't become so wedded to, like gun control. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a very aggressive effort out there on on really reining in guns, and that that really puts you in a certain camp. I mean, let's face it, that's just one of the more emotional uh, issues, particularly on the on the left, but also on the right as well. And so that defines you very much. I think Howard Schultz has much more of a of a of a blank canvas. This is what what he could do. I mean, let's face it, the the Democrat and Republican parties. The built-in advantages are what? It's the machinery in every state. It's they get on the ballot. Just it's a well-oiled machine. They get on the ballot easily. Okay, so they don't have to worry about that nearly at all. Whereas Howard Schultz has to worry about that first and foremost. But if you have a candidacy like Howard Schultz who can go at it kind of with a with a fresh slate, he could actually build a infrastructure for the independent party. It needs that. It doesn't have that. Ross Perot didn't build that out. Nobody has built that out. It's just become sort of like, maybe I will, and maybe I'll run as an independent. Well, you can't do that. If Howard Schultz is going to be that candidate, he's got to do it right now. So, uh, Adam Belmar, uh, the president, Trump, gave a speech earlier this week. Did you love that speech as much as I did? (laughs) You know what? I was respectful of the theater of the moment and the way the president captured it, the way he exploited the divide and leveraged the Democrats to his whim on the on the forced clapping and so forth. But I'll be honest, I've read a lot and seen a lot, and I think I relate to the fact that some people, maybe even a lot of people, feel there was a lot of wag the dog in that speech. And what do I mean by that? I mean that this was the president that you see one or two days every year or so not the everyday president, the tweeting in the middle of the night, the vitriolic, attacking, mean-spirited, and really go get him president that people admittedly loved and elected, at least on the right. Um, he's seeking unity in this speech, and he's, he's, he's sort of captured the essence of America in his language and his rhetoric there. I just don't know how sincere that was. And well, if it goes back to something else, that's a problem. So you didn't love the speech. Uh, I love the speech. Uh, most people love the speech, according to the polls. Uh, one of the great lines in the speech, Adam Belmar um, and John Easton, was uh, America will never become a socialist. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. Howard Schultz is with Donald Trump on that. Hell yeah, he And is. so is Michael Bloomberg. You know who's not with it? <laughs> Bernie Sanders, AOC, and all those Democrats who sat on their hands. John Easton, I think this is a great issue for Republicans. Yeah, and I think that Donald Trump, one of the things he's really learning to do, and I think he did a decent job last year, is he, he's understanding the State of the Union for what it is. It's a show. And you speak in platitudes, and you have to deal with the opposition right there in front of you. You use the galleries to the, in the best way possible, which he did, and throw some zingers out there to throw your opponents off a little bit, which he did with the socialist line. And they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't. Know I mean, I, I was I was kind of chuckling with the whole thing. And you know, do these things. Do we talk about these things much more than a couple of days? No. I mean, we, we guys like us love talking about it, but it was a very interesting approach to that speech. The last two minutes is going to be Donald Trump's campaign commercial. Mm-hmm. 
because everyone was sitting, they were listening, they weren't doing Nancy. Even Nancy Pelosi wasn't playing with her papers, um, <laughs> which I thought she looked kind of uncool. Now she was during the whole speech, she was trying to keep her caucus on, in line. I don't know if you saw that. She was kind of don't do this, don't do that. Uh, but yeah, she was directing, and she, she was, was directing. playing with her papers. She was reading the speech. She's like, is this damn thing over yet? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. There was no words on that on the things she had. I don't think she was doing that. But anyway, um, so Adam, thinking about. Bernie Sanders, thinking about the Democratic Party, who gets the nomination? I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I cannot answer it. It's too early. If we had to pick right now, I think... Um, well, actually, I just can't. I'm taking a pass. So, no, no no, no answer. What do you think? Who's going to get the Democratic Who's nomination? Who's going to get the Democratic nomination right now? Now, you don't have to be... Well, I'm not going to hold you to this. I'm just asking. I, I, I know. It's just... It's such a uh, an amorphous beast that's rolling on along right now. I thought if if Kamala Harris can keep up her rollout that she has... She's had the best rollout of them all. She can keep that up. She's got a, a, a decent shot as any. Well, the, the one I'm most worried about getting the nomination is Joe Biden. Because I think he's the only guy who can really stand up and say... To Donald Trump, I'm going to take your white working class voters who feel a little bit uncomfortable and take them away from you. Uh, but if he does not run, I think it will be someone like a Kamala Harris. And uh, if that's the case, I think that Trump will compete very effectively with her. Um, so we're going to have we had a very, very popular segment that we took away, but we're going to bring back. And that is what are you buying or selling today? Lots of people have asked me to bring back this segment. <laughs> Lots of people. Many Democrats have told me they, what about they the, want us to build that wall and they want us to bring Many back. Democrats have said so and, and they want the wine back. They too. want the wine back, but it's only 11 o'clock in the morning. Right, so, um, do that so what are we buying or selling today, John Easton? Uh, I'm going to sell I'm gonna sell Governor Northam's press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, we could have talked about that issue the, the, entire, uh, the entire episode, but as public relations practitioners, and we've all uh, managed press conferences, the three of us, Throughout our careers, that was unbelievably bad. The the everything the 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 uh, the countering himself uh, on on what you know he 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 was in the photo he wasn't in the photo. Uh, oh, by the way, I was in blackface at this Halloween party. Hey, can you still moonwalk? Right, <laughs> and he would have if his <laughs> wife said, "No, you can't do that." It was um, well, it was entertaining, but it is not the script you want to follow at a press conference where your career is on the line. Adam Belmar, what are you buying or selling? I don't know how to top that, but <laughs> John Easton, but I'm going to try. If you're looking for something novel with regard to the upcoming holiday of Valentine's Day, may I recommend to you a neat thing that the zoo in El Paso, Texas is doing. They will name, you can name, a cockroach after your ex and they will feed it to their meerkats live on Facebook oh on Valentine's Day. Check it out. It's a big buy for the El Paso Zoo. Um, if you're not feeling uh, Valentine's Day and you'd rather dish your ex, this is the way to do it. I'm going to buy Jack Cushman. Jack Cushman had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl thanks to the Washington Redskins. This is the only smart thing the Washington Redskins have done in the Daniel Snyder era. Jack, what's going on, man? Redskins defensive end, Matt Ioannidis here. Hope you had a good day at school. Got some exciting news for you. You and your dad are going to Super Bowl 53. Oh, my goodness! It's crazy! He had an amazing time with Topher Cushman, a good friend of all of ours here at EFB. 
We used to have Cushman's Corner. Um, Jack, congratulations on a great Super Bowl. It wasn't really that much fun to watch, but it was a lot of fun to watch you go to it. With that, thank you for listening to the Fury Theory Podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means excellent, excellent for, for business. Billionaires. <laughs>